Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Luke chapter 4, um, when he came, when Jesus came into the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The, the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him and he unrolled the scroll and he found the place where this was written. This is Jesus stood up in his hometown church and he said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and that the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now, this was sort of a, if, if he were in the, in the 90s, if he came out, if, if Jesus started his ministry in the 1990s or later, he would have said, this is my mission statement. This is what I'm here for. This is why I came. Uh, Leanna, will you put the, the scriptures back up? Put verse 18 back up there. He said, this is, what I'm, this is what I'm here for. The Spirit of the Lord has appointed me. He, he's anointed me for a certain thing. Here's what he's anointed me for, to bring the good news to the poor. That means that he's there to preach the gospel, preach that, that he is going to be the sacrifice for sin, that he's going to lay down, and that when you repent and you come to him, you can be forgiven of everything that you've ever done wrong, everything that's against the will of God in your life. He said, the, the Spirit has anointed me to bring that good news, and that is good news. When you recognize that all of us are born as human beings, we're born spiritually dead. The good news is that you don't have to stay dead. There is life, and that life is Jesus. And so he said, I am the, eventually not in this passage, but he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So when you realize that you're spiritually dead, the good news is, is there's life, and it's Jesus. Amen. He said, I, he sent me, the Lord has sent him to proclaim that captives will be released. Captive to what? Captive to sin. So that means if, you are, if you're wrapped up in a sin that you can't seem to shake, things that you can't get rid of, addictions, habits, mindsets, strongholds in your mind, ways of thinking in your mind, and you can't get rid of it, you can't get shed of it, Jesus, Jesus said, I came, He's anointed, God anointed me to come and proclaim that you're released in Jesus' name. You're released. He said the blind will see. And that meant in Jesus' in Jesus ministry that he actually physically laid hands on blind people and they could see. They could not see before. And when they left their encounter with Jesus, they could see. So he has authority, has power over our physical bodies as well. And we believe that and we pray. because And there's a lot of people that, oh, I don't know if God heals. What's well, the first thing that happens when they get sick? Y'all pray for me. That's right. Why? I didn't think God healed. Well, he better make an exception because I'm in, I'm in trouble. Right? So he came to bring healing to our spirits because we're spiritually dead because of sin. He came to bring healing to our bodies because we are we because of the of sin, we're broken and, and we're dying. Okay? He came also to do something else, and I want to show it to you in the next part of that verse, that the oppressed will be set free. Now, what does oppressed mean? We don't really use that word anymore. The word oppressed means somebody who is who is crushed by tragedy. 
who is downtrodden, or who is bruised. Now listen, if we could all expose our sort of our spiritual lives, there'd be bruises all over us, wouldn't there? Because we've been through some stuff. And you ain't got to be old like me to have been through some stuff. Because life gets real tough real quick. The good news is that Jesus didn't just come to heal our spirits because of the, of, the, of the poison of sin. He didn't just come to heal our bodies because they're broken and diseased. He came to heal our soul and set us free from the bruises and the crushing and the downtroddenness and the brokenness. He came to, to set us free from the pain of the trauma and the tragedy and the trials that we've been through in our lives. And Lord, hadn't we all been through something? Most of us, multiple somethings. Sometimes more than one thing at a time. Okay? So I want you to understand when the word goes forth and, G and the Lord says, I love you and I want to heal you. Yes, he does. That's the biblical foundation for that. That's like why he came. He wants to heal us body spirit and soul. You're like, John, I don't know what a soul is. Soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So anything that has caused a change in your thinking pattern, anything that's caused a change in how you feel about stuff, anything that's caused a change in how you make decisions, that's the pain he came to heal. Because when you make decisions and when you have thought patterns and when you base your feelings on what has happened to you in the past, you're going to start you're going to start messing it up. You're going to, you're going to take your, your life down the wrong path. And we all know what happens when you get hurt. Hurt people hurt people. And, and you don't know you're doing it. I almost said you can't help it. You can help it. And here's how you help it. You get healed. You get healed by Jesus because he said that's why I came. It's to heal you. Now, there's a very specific kind of, of, of hurt that I want to talk about today. And I, I wanted to move forward. I wanted to do some things that I normally do annually. And I really felt like the, the Lord put the brakes on and said, no, you can't do that until you do this. And here's the this. We need to talk about church hurt. Church hurt. Okay? Now, do not clam up. Listen, the Holy Spirit is here. Okay? He's not here to hurt you. He didn't bring you here to hurt you. He brought you here to heal you. This is not some sort of weirdness. I just read it to you in the Word, and I can show you in a bunch of different places, other different places, okay? He brought you here to heal you, not to hurt you. I know what happens is anytime somebody starts poking around on something that hurts, what do you do? You withdraw, and you cover it up. It's almost instinctive. It's almost biological. But listen... I'm going to poke around in some sore spots today and I don't want you to cover it up. I want you to be open with me because you're not just protecting it from further damage. You're also preventing any sort of healing from getting to the sore. Y'all see what you see what you're doing here? So don't do that. I want to show you in just a few passages of Scripture, and then I just want to invite you to, to respond again to what uh, the Lord's doing in the house. Um, Leanne, I don't remember, was it Acts 15, maybe? 
just surprised me. Yeah, Acts 15, verse 36. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, y'all remember Paul and Barnabas, they're ministry partners. They went all over the world together, did great things for the Lord, came back, and, and Paul said, hey, man, let's go back to the places that we've already visited. I could just read the Bible. Let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord and see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. Okay, here's the problem. But Paul disagreed strongly. Y'all ever had a disagreement with somebody and you felt strongly about it? Uh, Paul said, nah. Because John Mark went with us the first time. He deserted us in Pamphylia and, dis- and, and had not continued with them in their work. He left. He went home. <laughs> their disagreement was so sharp that they separated and Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus and Paul chose Silas and went in the other direction. And the Lord blessed both of them. Here's the first kind of church hurt is a disagreement over a decision. It's a disagreement over a decision. There are, a lot, there are dozens of decisions that churches and church leaders have to make every week. Most of them nobody pays any attention to because they're reasonable. Everybody understands. There are, however, a handful of decisions that, that churches and church leaders have to make where there is more than one right answer. Y'all do know that not everything has a thus saith the Lord. Right? You're choosing carpet, you're choosing chairs. The Lord does not care where they're green or blue. He really don't. And for us to get all up in arms about it, when there is no thus saith the Lord, really says more about our maturity level than it does anything else. But there are some decisions that have to be made. There is no clear thus saith the Lord. If, if I'm Paul, I understand why he don't want to take John Mark with him. He's like, listen, dude already showed us who he is. He already demonstrated his immaturity. The last thing in the world I need is to drag a baby along. Right? And some of y'all are like, absolutely, that's what I'd say. On the other hand, Barnabas, who's always the encourager, says, but listen, Paul, if we just take him with us one more time, I'm sure he's learned from his mistakes. I'm sure we could encourage him and help him to grow up so that he's not such a baby and God can use his gifts. And all the people with the gift of mercy in the house said, that's right, Barnabas. You can see both sides, right? Who's right? I don't know. But the decision still had to be made because you can't kind of come. You're either coming or you're not coming. And so they, they, they had a disagreement over the decision. And they, had to, they went their separate ways. There are, there are people every week in churches all over the country, all over the world, who, get, who disagree over a decision that's made, and they decide they have to go. And sometimes they stay in church, or, and sometimes just separate from that person, or sometimes they go to a different church. But, but a lot of times it's that church hurt is caused by a disagreement over a decision. Here's the second thing in Acts chapter 6, maybe? Nailed it. Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Now this is more serious. Now there's, there's an implication that there's something, there's something wrong going on. There's something ungodly. There's something unfair. They're being accused of prejudice and discrimination against a certain class, a certain group of people. That's not okay. So there are some... Now, the good news is the 12 apostles figured out what to do about it. They come in with a system. Everybody said, good system, and, and, and they got right back on track. That does not always happen. There are some times where there are accusations about something improper going on that, that winds up blowing the church up or blowing up relationships. 
So when there's something unfair or something ungodly going on, it gets people's attention and it's not in a good way. So there are people who leave churches because there's been something going on that's, that's not right and they feel like they have to go. Here's the thing, it hurts. And it hurts badly when people that you trust are not doing the right things. It hurts badly. Here's the flip side of that because I've been in church long enough to have probably been on both sides of this equation. Sometimes when you haven't done anything wrong, you've been falsely accused, that hurts too. And it makes you want to quit. Okay? Here's the third place, and this is terrible. I don't even want to read it, but you need to see it. In Judges, this is way back in the Old Testament, so this this isn't the... Uh, the New Testament church. This is the Old Testament version of church. Now in those days, it's Judges chapter 19. In those days, Israel had no king. There was a man from the tribe of Levi living in a remote area of the hill country of Ephraim. One day he brought home a woman from Bethlehem and Judah to be his concubine. We don't use the word concubine. Guys, please don't start using the word concubine. You're going to get your eyes dotted. A concubine was a version of a wife. All right, a version of a wife. We won't get into all of that. Um, verse 22. So they were they had been traveling. They came to somebody's house, and while they were enjoying themselves in this city, in this house, a crowd of troublemakers from the town surrounded the house. They started beating at the door and shouting to the old man, "Bring out the man who's staying with you, so we can have sex with him." Look at verses 25 through 28. This is how this this story ends, at least for for this poor lady. But they wouldn't listen to him. So the Levite took hold of his concubine, his wife, and pushed her out the door. The men of the town abused her all night, taking turns, raping her until morning. And finally at dawn, they let her go. At daybreak, the woman returned to the house where her husband was staying. She collapsed at the door of the house and lay there until it was light. When her husband opened the door to leave, there lay his concubine, his wife, with her hands on the threshold. And he said, Honey, I am so sorry. Right? Let me come in here. Let me help you. Let me call the doctor. Let me, I am so sorry that happened to you. He said, Get up and let's go. But there was no answer. So he put her body on the donkey and took her home. Horrible. But isn't this like reading the news? This stuff happens in real life, does it not? Stuff, bad stuff happens in real life, right? Don't act like the Bible's the worst thing you've ever seen. This stuff happens. Just watch the news this week. Crazy mess happens all the time. Here's how this applies. This is why I'm reading this. Because this man was a Levite. He was supposed to be, he was serving. His job was to serve in the church, the Old Testament tabernacle. He was a man of spiritual influence. He was a man of spiritual responsibility for the flock of Israel. And when push came to shove, when he was in a difficult situation, he literally threw his wife into an angry mob. The woman that he should have died to protect, he threw her to a bunch of angry men. See, there's levels of church hurt. And sometimes it hurts a little, but, but when you are... But when there's a situation where there's someone who is supposed to be protecting you, supposed to be giving his or her life for you spiritually, and they don't do it, it doesn't just hurt, it's devastating. 
And then when they not only don't protect you, but they cause you harm and then completely ignore the pain that it caused you, that's pain on a whole nother level. Okay? That's, that's betrayal. That's, uh, that's abandonment. That's all kinds of stuff, man. And, and some of you have been through that. I have. And it, does, it, affects, your, it affects the way you think. It affects the way you feel. It affects the decisions that you make. It affects the way you think about church. It affects the way you think about leadership. It affects the way you think about yourself. It changes everything. And so there are levels of pain, levels of church hurt, and, and, and I don't know what, at what level you are. But here's what I want you to see this morning. You have got to admit that it's there. There is no reason to keep walking around wounded. If you've been in the church for longer than a year, then you've got, you've got upset about something. If somebody said something somebody did, some decision that's been made, and it hurts. And can I tell you from somebody who's done this, who made a habit, made a life of ignoring pain, you're just dumb to keep doing it. Why is that? Because if you ignore it long enough, you get a scab or a scar, right? That doesn't mean it healed. It just means it's covered. The infection might still be in there, and now it's spreading to other parts of your body. You become spiritually septic when you do that. You have to get the infection out. And that time does not heal all wounds. That is a lie that somebody came up with. Time does not heal all wounds. Some wounds are only healed intentionally. You have to come to Jesus and ask Him to heal you. Now, I've been at this church for 22 years. I had hair when I got here. It's been that long. Um, and it wasn't gray either. We kind of relaunched this church. There, wasn't, there, there was very few people here when we got here. So I've seen almost everybody come over the, over the 22 years, and I know a lot of people's stories. I know my story, and I can tell you this. This church was put back together by people who were pretty much giving church one last chance. People who stumbled in this door and said, I don't know, I might have one more time in me. Right? And you just take a deep breath and hope nothing bad happens. That's right. And guess what? Bad stuff happened. Because there's people here. And people hurt each other. So I can tell you that sitting beside you, he's like, oh no, I'm John, I'm good, I ain't hurting. Well, the person beside you is. So what do, you, what do you do about it? You have to get that stuff out of there. You have to get it out. So real quickly, let me tell you three things that you need to get out. First thing you need to get out, you need, what, what was our theme for the year? Get free and get full. Get free and get full. So you need to get free, first of all, of bitterness. Is that one of the points, Leanna? Get, get eh, that's, that's a point. That's not the one I want to talk about yet. Get free of bitterness. What's bitterness? Bitterness is, is when the pain of your past poisons your present. Bitterness is when the pain of your past poisons your present. 
you're connecting what has happened to you to what's going on in front of you. Sometimes you're connecting dots that don't belong together. Sometimes you're punishing people for what other people did to you. If you don't get healed, that's what happens. You know, now listen, I've made my share of mistakes. I've, I've suffered the consequences. So I'm not denying any of that. So I'm human too. I've, have I caused pain for people? I'm sure I did. I've got no doubt. And I've done my best to rectify that situation to the best of my ability. But there are, there are people who have gotten upset with me about decisions that I've made or things that I've done that truly had nothing to do with me. They were mad at some other pastor that I've never even heard of. And what they did to them and what they said and all of those decisions they made, now they're, they're applying that person's motives to me. And they're assuming motives without evidence. That's what bitterness does. And so you have to get the bitterness out or you're never going to engage at a church. All right? Here's the, the second thing that you need to get free of. And I don't remember what that is. So there's bitter. What's next? Fear. You got to get free of fear because some people can navigate their way through the bitterness. They get hung up. They get paralyzed by the fear. What fear? Fear that what I've been through is going to happen again. Fear that I'm going to put my trust in somebody and they're going to let me down. Fear that I'm going to overcommit again. Fear that I'm going to get disappointed again. Fear that I'm going to get hurt again. All of those things. Fear that I'm going to give and somebody's going to misuse the money. All of those things. Can I tell you that fear and faith actually do occupy the same space? I've heard people all my life say, well, fear is the opposite of faith. I don't think so. I think the opposite of faith is pride. Faith is about trusting God for the, for the future. Pride is about trusting in yourself. I think fear and faith can occupy the same space. The question is, who are you going to listen to? You don't think David, as he's running across the valley with a slingshot against a dude that's nine and a half feet tall and armored, that there's not an emotion of fear coursing through his veins? If that kid was not scared, he's stupid. He's not human. But he didn't let his fear make the decision. His faith made the decision. You can be afraid and have faith at the same time. You just have to decide to listen to your faith and allow faith to win over your fear. See, some of you came to church maybe with, maybe not so optimistic about finding another place. Maybe more caution than, op than optimism about finding another place to serve. And you think you came to church to hide, but Jesus don't do hide. He came, he brought you here to heal you, not for you to hide. See, you thought you came to retire. There is no retirement in the kingdom of God. If you got breath, you got purpose. You got, if you're breathing, you got a job. So you didn't retire. God came to rehab you and send you back. You have to get the bitterness gone. You have to get the fear gone. And here's the last thing. We have to get free of, of, of the dipping. Dipping. What in the heck does that mean, John? That means sometimes you come into a church and you're like, all right, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to mess around here. I'm, I'm going to go to a small group meeting. I'm going to, you know, I'll participate in worship, kind of. I'll serve a little. You're just dipping your toes in. Right? Just dipping your, so that, just to keep the heat off of you. Because if you've been in church long enough, you know that if you don't do nothing, people are going to come find you. So you're like, I'm going to do a little something. So they'll shut up and leave me alone. 
But what do you do? You do it with, your, with walls up. I'm going to go to a small group meeting, but I ain't saying nothing. Right? I'm going to worship. I'm going to be in worship, but I, it ain't going to be intimate. I ain't letting my guard down for nothing. Right? I know what happens when you let your guard down. Right? Oh, I'll serve. I'll serve like once a year or whatever, just so they'll leave me alone. You have to get you have to get free of just the dipping. The really the the, the best way to do it is to dive in. It's to dive in. Now, I'm kind of afraid of water, so this, this makes me nervous just talking about it. But that's the best. That, the people who, who understand what you're going for, if you realize you're hot, we did a kid's thing, a kid's, what was that thing called? Kid's crusade. And we had a Saturday thing all day long in the parking lot. Who came up with that? On a Saturday in July in the, on a parking lot. And, and we spent hours out there. And, and I got so hot, I wanted to swim. I don't swim, but I, my bones were hot. And we went to Carla's house because she was the closest person that had a pool that would let us in and not call the police. And I jumped in because I was so stinking hot, I thought I was going to die from the inside out. I was melting. When you recognize that you are so full of bitterness and pain and hurt, that you realize that if I don't get some help, I'm just going to die spiritually. Quit dipping around the edge and just dive in. Just go head first. You know, but I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt again. You act like the life that you're living now doesn't hurt. It does. So what you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Finding a perfect church? Good luck with that. Finding people that are never going to hurt you, let me know when you find them. There are some people in church that are just mean. Don't say amen too enthusiastically. I've met the, some of the meanest people I've ever met were in church. Okay? The vast majority of people that I've met are good people, trying hard, doing their best, making decisions trying to figure and navigate through the gray area. Sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it wrong. Most of the church hurt that happens, happens by accident. It's not somebody decided they were going to cut your throat spiritually. They just didn't know better. Ignorant, immature, confused, whatever. It still hurts. You still have to get healed. But you have to dive in. You have to get full of diving tell you real quickly a story and then then we're gonna do something else 1997 we left the church first church that I'd ever been a part of uh, that cut my teeth in ministry there we left hurt wounded angry a lot a lot of emotions that I had ignored and put away and and, and, and didn't really deal with so we went to a church that I felt like was big enough that I could hide in. Big enough that I could just slide in. They didn't need me. They had all the bases covered. Everything was pretty cool. It was a good service. So I went on, I went on over there. Didn't like bust up in there. Hello, I'm Pastor John. I didn't tell nobody nothing about nothing. I just wanted to have church because that's the way I was raised and I went on about my business. So I, I'm trying to leave. Aaron and I are in the lobby. We're trying to get out the door and, and somebody caught me. 
and it's a lady named Connie McCutcheon. If you know Miss Connie, you know she catches everybody eventually. And Connie got them eyes, man. Like she drills into your soul. And she said, and I saw her and went, oh, there's Connie. I'm just being real, y'all. Y'all have done it. Y'all have done it. Some of you did it this morning. <clears throat> I said, well, lovely, there's Miss Connie. And she said, she always happy, you know, always smiling. Can I pray for you? And inside I said, no, but I'm a good Christian and good Christians don't say you can't pray for me. So I was like, sure. So I'm hoping that she, we're going to just pray a sweet little prayer in the lobby. Well, just come on in. Come on in here, back in here in the sanctuary. There's lots of space in the sanctuary. We could have done it in the back by the door so I could have got out faster. No, let's come all the way down to the front. Let's come to the altar. Sure, Connie, let's go to the altar. Connie calls friends. Hey, will you come help me pray with John? Yay! We got like a dozen people up in here going to pray for me. And so, listen, I've been doing this a lot. I'd been in ministry for about five years. I knew how to put on the Christian face and endure until it was over and then get the heck out of Dodge. Right? So I'm like, okay. Assume the position. Whatever. And then she got them little eyeballs on me. And she said, you're hurting, but you're walking around like you're not. She said, you got arrows in your back and you're walking around like they don't even hurt. And you got to pull them out. And we're going to help you do that. And then she laid one of them Connie prayers on me. You know, and all them people that she called dogpiled me and prayed. And, and it was the beginning of a healing process for me. I would love to tell you that I learned a valuable lesson in that, in that moment and that for the, for the rest of my life and every time I got hurt, then I just went to my knees and I prayed and asked God to heal me. That's not what I usually did. Usually I suck it up and go on. That didn't hurt. Ah, I'm a big boy. Eh, stuff happens. Sheep bite. Right? You just move on. Stop it. Stop it. Because I don't care who you are, infection affects you. So admit that that stuff that you went through at church 20 years ago that you didn't ever admit and you never got healing from is still affecting you. Stop it. Confess it. Own it so you can disown it. Confess it so you can get rid of it so that you can move forward. Because listen, there are things that I wanted to, that, that I, we need to talk about. We need to get involved and we need to move forward in. We can't move forward until we have closed the door to our past. As a church, as a person, or anything else, close the door to the past and let's move forward because God's got bigger things for you. But you can't get to bigger if you're still hung up on the bitter. Okay? We've got to learn to leave the fear and walk in faith. We've got to learn to stop dipping and start diving because God needs every person to get involved. Okay? Here's what I, here's what I, I want to do. I want us to pray again. Let's pray, let's pray at our seats. Okay? I don't want to, I don't want to intimidate anybody. I'm an altar call guy, so 
listen, if you don't agree with that decision, just pray for me and forgive me. And if I need to apologize, I will. But you can meet God right there where you are. I want to remove all the obstacles and the roadblocks. Because here's the last thing. If you've been hurt in church, if you've been manipulated and lied to and deceived, the last thing you want to do is trust some preacher again. So I ain't trying to call you up here and pump up the music and throw oil on you and hit you and knock you in the floor. None of that mess going on. It's you and God. Jesus has been anointed, was anointed by the Holy Spirit to preach the good news so that your, your spirit can be healed of its sin, to, to, to bring healing to your body and to set you free from the things that have oppressed your soul to heal you from the church hurt. And I just want today to invite you to say, God, that's me. Lord, that's me. I've been hiding it. I've been faking it. I've been denying it. I've been lying to myself about it. But today I'm telling you I'm hurt. I'm tired. I don't know if I've got another church in me. I don't know if I've got another ministry in me. I don't know if I've got another volunteer opportunity in me. I don't know if I want to give anymore. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. If that's how you feel, then say it to God and let Him heal you. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.